listening to another episode of Just Us and the Peace. Today's date is, I don't fucking know offhand, I do not know. Today is Saturday, September 25th, and it is early as fuck in the morning, 6.10 in the morning, and I am getting ready to go put in an extra shift because that's the kind of shit that I have to do. But anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, before I do go to work, I decided to record a quick little pod for the pieces. And this pod is always just, it's just me. It's just us. What can I say? This is what you get when you listen to my shit. So, today's date has been announced. Today's flowers. Today's flowers is not just going to one individual um, in particular. Today's motherfucking flowers is going to all of the fatherly fatherly figures in the world. You may not even know that you're a fatherly figure. You may not even know that you're looked up to, looked upon, idolized, uh, uh, appreciated. Sometimes people don't even get the opportunity to tell you that you are their fatherly figure because they don't even know it until they have grown and adapted some of the virtues and um, habits that they that they saw or or um ah, it's kind of escaping me but excuse me they don't get to tell you how much they appreciated some of the things they learnt from you during their time of, you know, going into manhood. It's fucked up. Put a pin in there real quick. It's fucked up that you can't even say transition anymore for a lot of fucking things. You, you, you can't even say transition for death. You can't say transition for, for a child going into, uh, for a man turning into... Uh, older man or a woman turning in for for a young man turning into a grown man or a young woman turning into a grown woman. You can't use that anymore. Whenever you say transition, you automatically think sex. At least I do. So I don't use that word anymore. Take a pen back out of it and move along. But the flowers are going to all of the fatherly figures who have influenced and affected so many people throughout their lives and I'm not talking about celebrities I mean if you're a celebrity and some guy some kid idolized you and made it through that's cool but a lot of a lot of celebrities are hella fucking fake so what can I say what can I say and as usual moving along the flowers usually is the subject of what I will be talking about today and today's subject is of course fatherly figures the fatherly figures it's um quite interesting that searching for the blood side the 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 white side of my heritage of my <laughs> my genetics and shit you know, uh, 
trying to figure out where I came from. You know, I was so focused on that that I had completely forgotten about a lot of the men that were in my life who kind of shaped the way it is that I move, the way it is that I think, the way it is that I talk. You know, those little bitty things. That shit has a lot to do with who we are. If you are growing up in a single mother household, if you're growing up without any parents, if you're growing up in a foster home, the kind of men that you come into contact with, I believe, they do kind of have a, a formulative, um, they, they, they have a, a, a an effect on how the fuck it is that you move in this life. You know, uh, just like if, if, if they say hurt people, hurt people, right? Right. So let's say you come up in a hurtful environment. It's more than likely that you're probably going to be a hurtful kind of person because you've been hurt. The 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 chain the chain you know it 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 continues. It just keeps building links. That's how chains work. That's how systems work. They they find a way to work and hurt people. Hurt people. So. energy drink gotta do it sorry so now let's say you don't have parents like me or you do have parents but you don't know where the fuck they are okay let's let's say you're like me and also let's say you kind of moved around a lot as a kid you weren't in one just structured environment. You were in a few environments. Some that were structured. Some that were overstructured. And by overstructured, I mean, uh, uh, what's that shit called? Uh, uh, when somebody is trying to, uh, uh, something managing, something managing you at work. Anyway, um, let's just say the environment is just too much, right? I've been in a few of these fucking environments, um, and, and as a kid, you don't understand why people are the way people are. You just cannot understand it. You just know that you don't like the situations, but until you get older, you could start, at least I have start, I have begun, <laughs> I have begun to understand you know, well, that person might have been going through that or that in this. And, okay, maybe the circumstances in their lives, that shit made them the way that these motherfuckers are. Because, you know, the shit in life, it shapes you. Everything that happens to you in your life, it does have an effect on your personality and all kinds of other factors that really, really affect how I believe that it really affects how good you are when you go into the world. If you come up in a negative environment, it's more likely that you're going to have a negative attitude about all kinds of shit in life. The way that people look at you, the way that people talk to you, and and, and let's just say you come up out of a respect environment in an urban in an urban neighborhood, certain shit can start fights. A motherfucker accidentally stepping on your shoe, you could get into a fight, and that's just because of the environment that your ass was exposed to as a fucking kid. 
you come if you come up in a different environment, somebody steps on your shoe, you're kind of like, oh, that's fucked up. He didn't even say sorry. But if you come up in the hood and a motherfucker step on your shoe, hey man, you you gonna say something? You gonna address it? Your environments they have a whole lot to do with who we turn out to be. Now, my environments. Were environments that you had to adapt to At least for me I lived with a With a few With a few Different families Growing up And my foster family Was one of the best One of the best My grandfather Probably The most Strongest man that I have ever seen in my fucking life. No lie. My grandfather. My grandfather used to wake up in the morning and jog. Almost every day. And then go to work. And he ran his own business. For a while he was a carpet cleaner. He was doing his own little thing. You motherfuckers don't even probably know what Tower Records is. My my grandfather, Mr. Edward Lawrence, used to run his own carpet cleaning business and do Tower Records and I think Dimple and a couple of other little motherfucking things and bring home tapes and, and CDs and shit. Y'all probably don't know what a CD is. It's a circular object, not a video game. But what I'm getting to is the fatherly figures now that I'm a little bit older I can look back upon all of the guys that were around as I as my mind was being shaped how much motherfucking influence that they had on me and today not only do I want to talk about a few of them but I want to I want this whole episode just about me just to be about me giving these guys flowers because they may not have even known it but a lot of the shit that I saw them do I picked up flipped and I made that shit work for my goddamn self and I believe that that happens to a lot of people in life you come into contact with certain individuals and you completely you completely identify with how they move and you you know damn well when you get older, that's how you want to move. So you make yourself almost, um, what would they say? Now, I wouldn't want to say a replica or a copy or, or anything else like that. But you're for, you're for goddamn, you're for sure taking goddamn notes. That's what's happening for sure. You're, you're definitely observing. You're definitely picking up on certain characteristics, traits, mannerisms, all of that shit. All of that shit from all kinds of individuals in your life. But, but, when we get to the end of this podcast, it's going to be very, very fascinating on how I wing it right back to this but for now a break okay and i'm back from a brief little interlude and let's begin let's begin i could not start with any kind of fatherly figures at all unless i start with the alpha the numero 
Uno. Mr. Never Talked About, but always claimed with no name. Mr. Ramon Pongyan. You see, I don't ever talk about Ramon, and I don't know why. I really don't have any idea why I don't talk about the man who gave me the Yang, the Pong, the Pong Yang. Now, Ramon is a very, very, very unique and special individual in my life. You see, if you know anything about how any of this shit began, it all began with a young black woman pregnant with an unknown person's baby, as it was told to me. My father was unknown for first. At first, I should say. He was an unknown. But, as I was still in my mother's belly, someone stepped into the picture. And by all of his accounts, and by many accounts of other people, was there for my mother through her pregnancy and after her pregnancy. He was the man that was there who signed my birth certificate and actually took upon the responsibility of raising a child who not only he knew was not his, he knew did not look like him, but he knew people, or at least some people, might ridicule him for raising. When I was coming up, we used to call niggas like that Captain Saber Hoes. But um, when you're that child, you don't call that man a Captain Saber Ho. You call that man Dad. Okay? That's what you do. You call that man Pops. That's what you do. You don't see a, a lot of... I didn't see a lot of the things that I were pick that I was picking up as I was growing up until now. There's a lot of things that I'm going to brush upon that a lot of people have completely forgotten about. And this is the first one. Mr. Ramon Ponyan, if you ever hear this, I personally want to thank you and tell you that I appreciate you I love you there's no other words that are even in the human language that can describe my gratitude for not only giving me your last name but for also teaching me that love can love is a universal language it can transcend race it can transcend all kinds of things it can go past all of those things so Mr. Ramon once again I definitely want to thank you and also on the same thing um, when I was a kid a lot of people don't know this when I was a kid I set my cousin Donald's house on fire I was a firebug. I set a house on fire. And I'm not sure if this is true, but I will I will ask Ramon can I get him on the podcast and ask him to tell the story. But the story goes I was in the second story 
of my cousin Donald's house and I found a book of matches. Now I had known that the match would burn up by time that it got to the ground if I dropped it from the second story and it burnt to a certain length. And I had done that maybe five or six times just dropping these matches out the side of the house. And one time this motherfucking match well, the one time that I knew it was going bad, boy, it went motherfucking bad. This match burnt my finger a little bit earlier than the other matches had. With It still had a considerable amount of length. Uh, I don't know what that shit's called that comes after you strike the match. But that thing was still burning. It was still a, a, a lot more than I had dropped it before. And when I dropped it, I could think to myself, and I'm a kid. I couldn't, I wasn't thinking, oh shit, I probably was thinking, ooh, I'm about to be in trouble, but that house caught fire, and I remember, I remember, now my, he's definitely going to have to uh, uh, tell me what really happened, I remember Ramon grabbing me, and I believe it was one of my other brothers, and kind of putting water in this tub, and throwing us in this tub, and um, putting a mattress over the tub so that we didn't get smoke inhalation um i also remember my mom was around she was still around around that time so i had to be four or five years old but ramon was there he was there the little things it's always the little things you guys it's the little things that you forget that sometimes can be so important in your development in life and ramon pongan <laughs> you were definitely important in my development in life thank you and after my mom disappeared now I'm not sure what happened to Ramon that's something I've never talked to him about but after my mom disappeared it was somewhat of a scramble to figure out what to do with us boys my grandfather had set up um, I don't know exactly what the arrangements were but he had it so that we stayed in Oak Park, I guess. I don't know what for what reason. Um, it could be possible. It's a possible reason that him nor my grandma truthfully um, um, didn't have some sort of contingency plan or some shit like that in case my mom disappeared. What parent does, though? And it could also be that they didn't have the room or the means to take care of us at the time. You, it, there, there could be so many circumstances that were going on at that time. I just do not know. I do know that the next person that I can remember as my memory comes closer to the present is Dan. And I won't give you Dan's last name because I haven't spoken to his other half. But Dan, big, strong, loving Teddy bear, but will set your ass straight if you get out of line. Dan taught me that, you know, size. We always see things as big. Oh, my God, that's big. I love it. The bigger, the better. You know, and sometimes this is true. Sometimes this is very, very true. Or the bigger, the scarier. But Dan was kind of the opposite from how. He treated me and my brothers. Dan was a big, loving teddy bear until you crossed 
a line. And I'm not saying, like, complete, not, not, he didn't have a temper like my grandfather. My grandfather had a temper. We're going to get there. But Dan was loving to us boys and treated us exactly like we were one. Like we, like all of us were a part of the family because I believe that we are and like we were his sons. Universal treatment. He didn't treat us no differently than he treated his kids through my viewpoint and my perception and in my time of living there. When I did some shit that I was told not to do consecutively, consecutively over and over and over again, I got the I got the exacted amount of fucking punishment. You get what you get and you don't say shit. That's how it goes. Dan I want to personally thank you. Um, I can't talk about moms right now. This is kind of a fatherly thing. I'm sorry, moms. But Dan, I definitely, I definitely want to um, put that love out into the universe because it it needs to be known. It needs to be heard. People need to be acknowledged. You know, people only stay alive as long as you talk about them. That's that's what I was once told. So. With that, that's another one in the book. And then after staying with Dan for a while, um, I'm not really sure what the circumstances was with that either. I really, it doesn't matter. That The circumstances with that doesn't matter. I, well, me and my brothers, were then, I believe, moved in with uh, a family friend. I don't really remember anybody living over there that was a manly figure that I looked up to as, as fatherly at, at all. Um, but we ended up with my grandfather slash dad. Now, this is a very, very complex motherfucking subject. So I am going to try to keep it as easily understandable as possible to some of you stupid ass people who can't understand this shit, okay? So, I want you to go ahead and start paying attention right about now. Right about now. Okay, my grandfather is my mom's dad. His name is Edward. Okay? Now, Edward, my grandfather, he got us when he thought he was very, very young as a grandfather. And as we used to go to stores with him after my mom disappeared, we would always say, Grandpa, 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 you got to imagine if I said Grandpa three times, my brother said grand, Grandpa three times each, so he, he's hearing Grandpa nine times within one minute over some stupid shit that really probably didn't have nothing to do with nothing at the time. My grandfather figured that there could be a way that he could use this to his advantage. <laughs> and this is what he told us. He told us, do not call me grandpa no more. I can't remember exactly what day. I can't remember exactly what year. But don't call me grandpa no more. It makes me feel old. It makes me feel old. It makes me look old. Call me dad. So, sometimes you may hear me say my dad. And I will definitely try to remember that I, who, who it is that I'm specifying over. Because there's three different individuals that could be called dad. It could be my biological father. It could be my grandfather who I call dad. Or it could be the father who signed my birth certificate, Ramon, who could be called dad. So I will definitely try to remember 
to um to 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 decipher exactly which one of these people it is that I'm talking about. Okay, I, I hope that you pick that up real quick because I'm about to move forward. Okay, my grandfather, Edward Lawrence. I mean, shit, this guy, this guy right here. As a child, I'm not gonna lie, he was a uh, a scary guy. A very, very scary guy to me. I feared him a lot. I loved him, though, too. I loved him also so, so much that it's almost indescribable. As I've gotten older, I've, uh, I've completely tried to understand um, what exactly, what exactly his anger was from. I knew that my mom's disappearance, it affected me. And that's how we usually look at situations um, that are tragic like mine. Is is I'm I'm the victim. This is that and that and this. But what I didn't understand until I got older and was actually a father was that this man, my grandfather, he had a missing daughter that could be walking around on the earth, on this marble anywhere, or. She could be stuffed in a barrel and dropped in a mine shaft or cut up into itty bitty pieces and burnt over a bonfire. To wake up with that kind of thought just one day is a scary fucking feeling because I had a daughter who, who ran away and it's a scary fucking feeling to even think about the 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 multiple things that can happen to your child while they're gone and then to actually look into the faces of your child's children and see bits and pieces of your child in these children and still do what's needed to be done for the sake of the family I did not understand that until I became a father. I didn't respect it. I, 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 the, the anger was just, oh my God, I don't know what the fuck might happen next. But I don't think that my grandfather came from a time of a lot of people didn't. A lot of people who come from the the older days, the the 40s, 50s, 60s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they don't come from a time of expression of of saying what's on your mind. You bottle that shit up. You bottle that shit up, and just like a just like a fucking soda can, you shake it up. You shake it up, and then when you pop that tab, you know it's a fucking explosion everywhere. That's exactly what. My grandfather's anger was like, and I didn't understand it until I became a father. I also didn't understand exactly how much strength it took for him to get up every single morning and try to be as happy as he could be every day that he could be on this earth. And my grandfather died of, of cancer in 1992. It was, um, it fucked me up a lot, a, a whole lot. It fucks me up now that, that, that he's never met his, his, uh, 
his great-grandchildren or, or I haven't been able to sit down and have a manly conversation with him. And it's not his fault by any account, you know. I think we're all put here to do what it is that needs to get done in the time that we have. And some of us accomplish that and some of us don't. And only God or whatever higher power it is that you believe in or yourself can tell you otherwise. You know, that's my belief. I don't know. It's a rant. This is a fatherly rant. Fuck off. <sighs> okay. But yeah, he taught me so, so much. Just about inner strength and about being, being oh shit, about being able to almost knock this thing over and being able to just let, just let it fly. Let it fly. Mr. Edward Lawrence, Pokey, you are loved and adored. You and Dan. So, that's another one. Ooh, it's getting close, baby. And then, my grandfather died in 1992. A quick movement was made um, by older people in the family. I'm not really sure. If I'll ever get any understanding or answers to that. But I do remember a gang of his sisters and brothers descended upon the house. And they were going through his things and looking through paperwork and all kinds of shit. Me and my brothers kind of thought they were looking for something. At least I did. I can't speak for my fucking brothers. I don't even speak to my fucking brothers at the moment. But I love them. I appreciate them. I care about them and shit. I hope they're doing well. I thought they were looking for something about my mom. I don't know what the fuck they were looking for. But they went through all this shit. Packed our shit up. And we were shipped over to the late great James Zeta Lawrence's house. You see my grandfather and my grandma. My grandma were separated. For a few fucking reasons. And that's not for me to discuss on this podcast. But maybe I will in the future. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, they were separated. They lived in two different spots, two different sides of town. My grandfather lived um, in what's right now considered the Rancho Cordova slash Rosemont area. My grandma lived in what's considered um, right now South Sac, Iraq, 24th Street and Florin Road. So, yeah, two completely different places. In the early 90s. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you an 80s baby. You know. If you're not you don't. I mean if you know you know. If you don't you don't. Huh. Anyway. Moved over to my grandma's house. And. My grandma. I think. Was. A lot more. Hurt. Behind my mom's disappearance. Than she ever shared with anyone and by all accounts from the relationship that she had with my grandfather I don't think that she wanted to settle down with any one particular person um, at all I mean and plus my grandma my grandma my grandma was 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 a, a, a middle-aged woman who could pull a 20 year old man and I'm not even mad at that you know 
so when we stayed with her, she had a, a boyfriend named Walter Pepper who was kind of cool. He would always just kind of show up, give us money, and, you know, he kind of told us, well, not told us, he kind of taught us, you know, how to talk to a woman, how to treat a woman, how he treated uh, my grandma. He always treated her nice. I've never heard him raise his voice to her. Just a certain kind of way. Like when my grandma brought him around, we got to spend a certain amount of time with him. And then after that, you get the fuck out the house. You get your ass out the house. Right now, y'all. Um, for you guys that didn't understand anything that I just now said, I just now said, get your ass up out of the house right now, inward. Okay? Okay. Anyway, um, so he was always nice to us. I had a neighbor, um, that lived right across the street. Um, I'm not going to say his name because, uh, he has a son. I know his son a little bit. I haven't seen him, shit, maybe in about a dozen years, but, um, I'm just gonna say his name was Mike, Mike was the guy who used to talk like this, you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, eat a whole bunch of sunflower seeds, hella cool, ladies man too, yeah man, you know what I'm talking about, you know, just chilling man, you know, I, one of those guys, one of those guys, he, uh, he had a dog named Lady, Lady is actually the mother to the dog Bebe that you heard me talk about on one of my previous, on the Home Skillet episode. So, Lady is Bebe's mom. Full blood, bull mastiff with papers. Beautiful dog. Mike had that dog trained all the way up to the T. He'd hold out the leash and that dog would, would grab it and he would spin around in circles. Spin around in circles with that dog. You know, and, and then uh, uh, he'd say something and the dog would let go and hit the pavement and kind of roll around and jump right back up and be ready to attack some other shit. He he uh, he had that dog trained so well that he'd tell us to uh, walk to our house and there used to be a tree right in front of our house. He said, when you get to that tree, I'm going to have Lady sick you. Like, don't do that. He'd be like, you can get to the door before she can get to you. He said, but if you can't get to the door before she can get to you, I could call her off. And if I can't call her off, I get some money. We stupid ass kids. Okay. Yeah, okay, so fun. Yeah, okay. So we walk to the tree and you just hear and and as you turn around, you could see the dog's facial expression and muscles and everything just tense the fuck up. And the dog would come sprinting at you and naturally just naturally, your human instincts would kick into full motherfucking drive. And you, I would try to get to the first screen door so I can get to the second front door so I can get inside that motherfucking house before that dog gets me. And I'd be at that door trying to turn that knob and that dog be just running his motherfucking at full speed, blasting across the motherfucking street. And he'd be like, or some shit like that and the dog would just stop on a dime turn right back around and come right back to Mike come, come right back to him <laughs> come right back to Mike man and that taught me that even though because I kind of asked Mike you know how much did he like dogs and shit like that and I kind of remember him telling me like not that much but they could be your best friend and they're trainable you can't train humans like something to that extent I remember him telling me and I learned then 
that even though there are some things in life that you fear, you can use them to your advantage. You can use them for your protection. Because fear is a fucking instinct. That's your body telling you something. Something's not right. Something's not fitting right. Fear is what helped humans evolve into the state that we are right now. Motherfucking fear. So I want to thank Mike for teaching me that, you know, fuck everything and run fear. It can be used as, um, what's the saying? Uh, fear can be used as a good thing or as a bad thing. I'm not thinking of the proper terminology at the point, but if you know, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. But you can use your fear as a good thing, or you can let your fear be turned into a bad thing. You Use your fear for fuel. I think that's what it is. Use your fear for fuel. Thank you, Mike, sir. I don't know if you're alive, but if you are, much love. You are appreciated, and I am grateful that you came (laughs) into my life. And the next man. Oh, my God. You see, it's weird how I have to tell you how all of these things affected my life. Because before I had really any clear knowledge of this man, he was already a big part of my life, and I just didn't know it. I really didn't have no idea about how powerful, how loving, just how forgiving, accepting, respect, I mean, just the, 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 the list of, of how many attributes this man has is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, it's happened to fall in one of the <coughs> smoking section parts of the um, podcast. So <coughs> I might get a little bit of shortness of breath as I um, puff on this um, this Gary Payton. Gary Payton. Yes, I visited the dispensary last night with my son. It was quite lovely. Quite, quite lovely. Anyway, this man was lurking. Watching. Loving. Providing. Nurturing. I don't know if I said that shit. He was there. And I didn't know any of that until I moved in with my grandma. And until I had already been talking to Mike and was kind of look up to Mike, kind of looking up to Mike, and then, like, magic, something happened. I realized that I have my pawpaw. Now, I kind of, I kind of didn't want to leave Pawpaw out of the first part of the other the other people that I was that I was talking about. I didn't want to because he's a very integral part about what it is I'm about to tell you. Very integral part about what it is I'm about to tell you. But I did. I did want to leave him out. 
Okay, I didn't want to leave him out because, like I said, he's a very integral part and he deserves all of the attention and all of uh, uh, the energy that anyone else that I've spoken about got or is going to get. Everybody deserves the, the, the love that, that, that uh, they deserve my fucking appreciation and love. I, I believe this, okay? This is just, just a personal thing. And that's also the reason why I did leave him out is because what I'm about to tell you is very important to me. Now, as I was living with my grandma and coping with my grandfather's death, a lot of other things were going on behind the scenes. You know, I was still a teenager. I was still growing, still dealing with the fact that I didn't know what race I was. I didn't know where my mother was at. I, I just know that my grandfather had died and I never touched a dead body. And there's a whole bunch of things that were going on behind the scenes that are not mentioned in this podcast that after other podcasts come back out, you can come back to this podcast and some of this shit will make sense, but, my pawpaw, after my grandfather died, definitely knew that us three boys was searching for some sort of father figure, something to stand out, something to look up to, something to admire. But my pawpaw did not press himself upon us like that. Pawpaw show up. And just come and say what's up. And chill out. And ask you want to take a ride. Something like Pawpaw was super duper cool. My great grandmother was a handful to be married to. I love I loved her to death. And I will not say anything bad about her. But the truth is the truth. She was a fucking handful to be married to. And my pawpaw, every single time that I saw him interact with his wife, my great-grandmother, it was always with a very calm voice. Always with a certain kind of, okay, honey, Yes, honey. He, I never. I've. It may have happened. I've never seen it though. I've never seen my papa raise his voice or his hand. Shit. Uh, to my great grandmother. Not once. My great grandmother <laughs> was so spoiled by this man that when he passed, she wasn't worried about like bills and shit like that because he let her take care of that. He let her take care of all of the expenses and all of the shit in the house. But one thing that was unbelievable to me was my great-grandmother never pumped gas until after my great-grandfather lost his legs. My great-grandmother never even fucking worried about a tune-up, uh, uh, a new car. Or it, my my, my great-grandfather showed me that chivalry, chivalry 
in his day is something much completely different than a fucking Birkin or Burka or whatever kind of fucking stupid ass bag these niggas is committing suicide, excuse me, over out here on the streets. My papa made sure that my great-grandmother knew for a fact that certain things were always going to be done despite the weather, circumstance, or situation. Circumstance, situation, I guess you could say that's the same thing. Despite whatever was going on in life, certain standards are going to be kept and met. Certain things are going to happen. We are going to get old. My papa was a very calm, insightful man. As I get older and look back upon how much influence he had in my life. After I became a father. And this links a lot of shit together right here. After I became a father, and I became a father by looking at a baby. I said it. I looked at a baby, and I said, I I am that child's dad. The mother of the rest of my children already had a baby when I got with her. She already had a three-month-old baby. But I had known her for years before this. She had just had this baby and we had started talking again. And her and her mom pulled up and I was talking to her. And I looked in the back seat. And I saw this little light bright child. That looked like it could be my kid. I said, oh wow, she's, she sure is pretty. And my baby mama said, thank you. And I asked her, well, what's her name? And she gave it to me. And I said, well, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And I nodded my head up. She didn't say much. Babies don't talk back. Anybody that has one knows this. And it's not gooby gaga goo goo. She didn't, she didn't say none of that shit. She just kind of screwed her eyes and nodded her head right back up. That's when I looked back at my baby mama and I said, you know, I like her. And they drove off. I did not know that from that day on, that that child would make me to become the father that I am now. To make me, I didn't know at that moment that that child was really, because this is funny how to word, just like how Ramon claimed me, I claimed her. I think that's the easiest way to word it out for some of you people. I just knew that she needed me and I was going to be there as long as she would let me and I was going to be there and be as strong as I could for her. That's what I knew at that time, and I'm I no I don't I don't know of any fucking parent that's fucking perfect. No handbook comes with these goddamn kids when they get spit out, but 
I tried, and, and my daughter's not a felon. She's not in prison. And she's not working the pole. So I, I think I did all right. But anyway, my pawpaw. <laughs> this is a sidebar about me. But anyway, my pawpaw, after Junior was born, after he was born, I mean, my pawpaw was already showing up when me and my baby mama got our first spot. You know, uh, uh, wait, we did. I think we got our first spot right after. Right before, right after. My papa was showing up to my to our first spot all the time anyway. He would just pull up in the parking lot outside of the apartment and um, park and just sit in his van. He'd just sit there. And I'm kind of a, you know, I'm, I'm always very um, perceptive and cautious of my surroundings about what's going on around me. I need to know what the fuck is going on around me at all times. It's just some old weird ass shit that I got. But anyway, I would see him outside and come outside. Why are you sitting in the van? Well, I didn't know if he was busy. I said, well, you just going to wait till I came outside? I guess so. Papa would come in and he'd visit for a while. He'd sit there for a little bit and play with my daughter, play with my son. and Always there, always loving. Whenever me and my baby mama would get into a fight, he would never talk bad about her. He would never take sides. He would just always ask me, well, do you love her? <clears throat> and then y'all work it out. That calm. Right there. <clears throat> is why Pawpaw is kind of, well not kind of, is definitely placed where he's at. Because I didn't get that calm until just recently in my life. Understanding to, instead of off the fly reacting as I usually would, I need to calm myself before I completely destroy this goddamn situation. And not only that, this person's feelings. And that is not the objective when I start to speak to people. I'm usually telling you how I feel and I'm not wording it the right way. And you get, and most people get offended very easily. My vocabulary may be quite extensive, but I can be very, very brash when needed. Or not even when needed, uh, uh, just uh, by nature. Just by nature. The, the, the way that I tell somebody some shit is not the way that they want to take that shit. I tell a motherfucker real quick, I don't like what the fuck you said, dog. I don't like that at all. And in a professional setting, some people don't know how to take that shit. So, the calm is something... That I just now learned from my pawpaw. For, uh, fully accepted. I, I, I saw it. I just really didn't accept it. I can't explain that to you. But he's. It's definitely a virtue to have. Definitely. Uh, a virtue to have. And. <laughs> this, this is going to be a funny. Funny kind of segue. Yes. A funny segue. Into. The next person that that I really learned a lot from as a father, you know, because he's up there too. But Mr. John Green, Paul Paul. <laughs> hey man, my Paul Paul's a strong motherfucker. I was with him. I was with him the last years of his life. And he told me. Some of the most wise 
fucking things that as a young man you can hear. I think that's why I don't have a lot of friends that are around my age anyway. Um, people like to bullshit a lot. I don't. I'm going to tell you exactly what I want to do, when I want to do it. And, and I have a time thing because I probably want to do something after that. Before I have to do this and before I have to go to sleep and then wake up and have to do some other shit. Like, I like to structure my shit out. Very, very cool. I like to have it structured out. Damn it. I just lost myself. <laughs> but yeah, um, fuck. I can go back on that. So yeah, yeah, I brought it back, brought it back. So I like to have all my shit structured out, you know, and everything else like that. But I remember my papa used to tell me some of the most interesting things, the wisest shit. That's where I want to begin again. The wisest things that he used to tell me. And I remember when my papa was in the hospital, um, I was visiting and, um, I asked my papa, I said, papa, what is the wisest thing that anyone has ever told you? And I remember he was, uh, he was, uh, he was looking, he was looking dead at me when I asked him that. And he kind of looked up to the uh, hospital ceiling and he would do this thing when he'd have his hand on his chest and he would kind of, uh, tap his four fingers right on his chest and he said well I don't know and they got really really silent and the only thing you can hear in the background would be the 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 um the backdrop noise of you know the hospital shuffle and, and the movement of all of that in the background is what you would be hearing, you know, beeping and doors closing, people passing by the, the open doorway and everything. And he just looked up at the ceiling for what seemed like at least five minutes. But I'm pretty sure it's probably a minute and a half. And he looked back up over me and he said, you know what? I know. And I said, what? He said, never trust a fart. <laughs> My papa was a very great wise man. Never trust a fart. I don't give a damn how old you are. Don't trust a fart. And when you figure that out, your day will be great. He taught me so much about being a dad on how he raised my grandma and the rest of the children that um, <laughs> him and Vernice, um, you know, introduced into society, as they say, or as I say, um, they did a great job. My aunts and my uncle were, um, definitely great people, definitely, definitely great people, and that definitely has a lot to do with, with the, the parents, and a lot to do with the fathers. The fathers have a lot to do with how people act in the world, I believe. They don't get the credit until those kids get older, though. But my papa was definitely a great, great man. And I want to let everybody know, including 
the universe that I loved him and appreciated him. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to the end of this podcast. If you're still listening, I want to thank you for your patience, for listening to this shit. And if you're one of my kids listening to this shit, fuck you, fuck you. No, I love you. I love you from the bottom of my heart. You're the reason why I'm doing this shit. Um, now, to the next person. It would be completely unfair of me not to bring up a few fucking things that are very important besides the other shit in my life. And I, I always say it's very important, blah, 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 but whatever. Uh, what I'm saying is it's, it's some people are not going to understand this, but I don't give a fuck. I, it needs to be said. This next person I, I, uh, I haven't had the best relationship with in my life. We don't agree a lot. We don't see eye to eye a lot. Um, we've fought. Uh, we've broken bread uh, together. Um, we've we've um, enjoyed. I enjoyed my life. Before his life even began. How about that? I was. I was. Moving out of diapers before he got in the mother. No. no. I'm talking about my punk ass brother. Jamil. It would be unfair of me. Not to admit. That. My brother. Who was a father. Before I was. Was a very inspirational little fucking asshole. He got a lot of things done in his um his his young fatherly life because he was a father very very young and I hope I'm not like putting him out on the streets or anything else like that. But Jamil and I don't think I've ever told him this and I don't know if I'll talk to him so I'm just putting this out there. But before I was a dad, I definitely had been looking at how he was breaking his fucking neck to do whatever it was that he needed to get done to make sure that my niece got what the fuck it was that she either wanted or needed and all that other shit. Like me, I'm not going to lie. I don't believe in a whole bunch of spending all your money on some stupid ass shit that's going to get fucked up. I don't dress like, like, uh, uh. I'm not one of them niggas that got to be fly every single motherfucking day. I'm one of them niggas that got to go home and be comfortable, though, like a motherfucker. I got all I need at my motherfucking house. But my brother, he took care of his wife and his child at the time. And I definitely was paying attention to that. I definitely never told my brother when we were younger that it was. I needed to tell. I should have told him kudos for breaking your neck, your back, your spine, nigga, both your arms, your kneecaps, uh, uh, cutting off your ankles, doing all that shit. You did a good-ass job when you was young, man. And uh, I sincerely, genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, and that's even if we're not talking. It has to be a part of the conversation that 
there is a lot that I did see and learn from my little brother, which to some people, I don't know why they would admit it if they had a younger brother that was doing some dope shit. You know, my brother's a dope-ass cook right now. So, you know, uh, kudos off to him and to uh, uh, his his life, whatever he's got going on, his beginnings and shit or endings or I don't know. If you're happy, I'm happy for you. But I definitely want to give my brother his kudos on doing whatever it is that needed to be done for his family. Because he was a father before I was. And it needs to be said. That's the truth. And I don't give a fuck what nobody else says. <laughs> I bet a lot of people didn't think that motherfucking shit was going to come into this shit. Me and my brother. But yep, it's the truth. Learned a lot from that guy. But um, I was just looking at how many different segments are pieced together. And on exactly how I'm going to put all of this together. Hopefully blends right. Um, So I'm going to end this one right here with this short list of people that were very inspirational and motivational in the um, fatherly aspects of my life. There's like four more people that I, I need to address. Maybe not even four. But it's the, they're, they're going to be stretched out on how I elaborate on their inspiration and their kind of shit like that. Um, I definitely want, um, I hope these people get the love that I'm trying to send out in the universe, excuse me, to them. Um, it's still the same day. I didn't been to work and came back home. So, um, I'm trying to finish up this podcast and get it published on the same day. So I'm going to end it right here. If you like what you have listened to, um, please like. Um, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, um, hate, I don't give a fuck, you know, I'd appreciate it, you know, you guys know how to get into contact with me through the email, filmdog916 gmail.com, filmdog916 at gmail.com, look forward to the trailer for Film Dog coming on this channel, and then look forward to another channel, um, the uh, film dogs, the film dog TV movie review. It's gonna be film dog something. I already have the the, the Facebook page up. So um, also the Facebook page for this is up. Look for that justice and the peace. Um, like whatever do do your thing. Um, so I'm gonna wrap this one up. Um, shit, live long and prosper or some shit. I don't know. Uh, peace. <laughs>